can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. Hi gang, and welcome to Testing Thursdays with Wayne. I hope everybody's been busy and uh, settling in for the upcoming holiday season. I know I have been, despite some minor medical issues. um, Everything seems to be going well. Um, And to show how long it's been since I've been around, um, I am actually attending a uh, 50th reunion, high school reunion luncheon at my old high school next Friday. Yes, it's it's amazing I have survived for that long. <laughs> so, without, without any other information that you need to know or I wish to share, uh, today's episode is going to be a little bit kind of reminiscent of things. Um, not necessarily related to testing. Um, it may, well, maybe in it. A little bit of a way it is, but I generally know. Um, some of you may know um, that um, my wife and I, we have two kids. Um, our daughter, uh, Kelsey, and our son, Adam. Um, now, I'm not going to reveal their ages, but let's say that they're both in the third decade of their lives. Well, back in the day, uh, and when I talk about the day, I'm talking about probably the 90s, uh, honestly, in the early 2000s. Um, locally here where I live in, in Hartford County, Maryland, there is a really good Parks and Rec program during the summer, and it's a summer swim team. And um, I started with Taylor in, in 1991. Let's see, my son was, uh, thir- no, was one. So this is probably, he was six when he started. So this is probably mid um, 1990s. Um, we joined uh, as a family, the the um, the Tiger Sharks. That was the name of the team. The Joppatown Tiger Sharks, actually. And um, it, the, the age range during the summer swim season was, um, you could be six, but honestly, they preferred you to be a little bit older than that. Um, at up to the age of 18. And, and what the program did was twice a week, Wednesday nights and Saturday mornings, uh, there were several communities in Harford County that had their own summer swim team program going on. And we would compete against each other with a um, end-of-season tournament, usually in mid-August of that year, and, you know, swim meets. You know, for the first couple of years, the kids swam, and, you know, basically they were learning how to be competitive swimmers. And and this is when Joppa Town had its community pool, which no longer exists anymore. But when we did have it, it was very uh, busy, uh, very uh, well attended. Um, and actually, it was a pretty good pool, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Um, 
And so uh, the first couple of years, um, my wife and I were just, well, parents, swim parents. And you can lump into that category, whatever kind of description you want, but we were swim parents. And then the third year or so, I thought, you know, I'm kind of bored just selling candy bars and sodas and things like that. I'm going to get involved. So I became an official summer swim team official. Yes, I was that mean, awful guy who would DQ little kids as they were trying to do their first 25-meter backstroke or breaststroke or whatever. Backstroke, actually, at that age, they only did backstroke and freestyle. Um, And I was that mean, evil person. And um, I remember going through the training for that, and I thought, oh, my God, how am I going to do this? And and it was actually, I'll, I'll be honest with you, kind of fun. Because you saw the swimming program, I'm sure uh, um, all all of you who were involved in this um, know that that this is where it kind of hooks into you, and and you get to to enjoy and learn the joys of swimming. And so uh, the kids loved it; they really did. It was a, it was a social event for them. It was a social event for the parents, that kind of thing. Well, as a, as a referee. Um, you know, basically, my job was to either stand at the end, one end of the pool or walk the sides and watch the swimmers swim. Now, depending upon what their stroke was, you'd look out for certain things like, oh, you know, uh, if they were turning, uh, if it was a 50 meter resolve, uh, uh, event, did they turn right? Did they touch both hands on the wall before they turned? Um, um, strokes, uh, you know, they had to be a certain um, um, style. For example, butterfly stroke, you couldn't have your hands go below your waist. You know, little things like that. But And, and as the kids got older and and, and understood the, the actual mechanics of, of di- uh, diving, right, of swimming, uh, the, the, the DQs lessened. But as little kids, my God, I can remember disqualifying a whole um, <laughs> a whole event of, of eight and nine-year-olds because they started wrong or they started too early or it, it just, I remember it being kind of, kind of funny, kind of sad too, but kind of funny um, when they'd all jump off at the same time. And it was obviously well before the, the little sound went off, the, the bullhorn went off. But the one event that stays in my mind, actually there were two, uh, the one event, the first one that stays in my mind was my, Adam was probably maybe eight or nine years old and he was doing the backstroke. And um, I, I forgot exactly what it is he did wrong. I think what it is is that at that age, you only do 25, uh, 25 meters. Um, and, and you cannot turn over. I mean, you go on your back all the way over. That's why it's called the backstroke. Duh. Right. Well, Adam at the very last moment flipped over and touched the wall. Well, I had to disqualify him. And I remember when he realized that it was me that disqualified him and he gave me the look. He didn't talk to me for two weeks. Now, some might say, wow, you got lucky. <laughs> um, yeah. And in a way, it was a relief not to hear him screaming, you know, not, but um, I digress. Um, he um, was pretty mad at me, but he, he would think he was more mad at himself because he knew why I disqualified because I always told the kids always, I don't care if 
from what team they were or how old they were. I didn't personally disqualify them. They disqualified themselves. I caught it. Bingo. Okay. That was a biggie for them to, to get in their brain. You know, it wasn't my fault that you disqualified. You did it to yourself, not me. I'm not going in the water. You are. <laughs> the, the second um, thing that kind of props to mind is that I remember the episode I called the human test strip. Um, we would recruit certain parents to to become officials. Um, and the official thing was an unpaid volunteer um, uh, assignment unless you were the um, the main official. Uh, the I forgot what it was called. Oh, God, it's been so long. Um, the recorder, the head, the head official. I just called the head official. We got paid like 30 bucks of um, uh, um, the swimming event. So you know, it wasn't a whole lot of money, but it was something. It was nice. We went through extra training and, and that kind of thing. And kind of our word was it kind of deal. And so the 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 head official was, of course, in charge of all the officials and 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 even the volunteer parents too, the ones who take the time, um, the stand with the timers and, and things like that. If they didn't have electronic timing, and most of them didn't. So, I remember, and so we would recruit parents, certain parents, not everybody, um, to become officials. And I remember one of the other head officials that that I knew. Um, came up to me and she said, you know, I have a friend, his son's in swimming, he's 10 years old, he's really interested in becoming an official. And I said, well, okay, that that's good. There, there's a process you need to go through in order to, to do that. The process really wasn't onerous. It was, um, yeah, you, you attended a, a, a training session for a day, um, you, got, you got tested, um, and then you, you, know, you went out on your own and for the first couple of meets, you were, you were supervised by either the head official or some other, um, uh, official that had some, uh, uh, years behind them of experience, um, until they felt comfortable enough to go out on their own. This guy, <laughs> oh God, I laugh about it now. This guy, um, for, for some reason, I don't remember specifically why, but his, um, his uh, official that was supposed to be watching him wasn't there. And this guy was walking the sides and was watching the swimmers as they go up and down. And I don't know what this guy's, where his brain was, but yeah, he walked the sides of the pool. All right. He walked the sides of the pool to the point where he walked right into the pool. Yeah. So he became a human test strip. We never saw him again. <laughs> After that, his kid continued to swim, but he never came to any of the swimmies anymore. A little bit of an embarrassed level, but, you know, it's funny and 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 it is what it is. And um, but we've had some really good people come up over the years and and become officials. Uh, I had a really good mentor when I started and and I you know passed that knowledge along um, when it came to the point where. My son, my daughter's older by, by a few years. And when, when my son turned 18, this would be now the summer of 2008. That was his last um, chance to swim for the summer swim team. Um, because uh, he was entering high school and both he and my daughter uh, swam for the high school swim team. And that's the part two of Ah Memories. 
Um, this is part one. Um, got some good stories for that one too. But um, it was um, uh, kind of bittersweet to, to see, you know, both of them grow up in the system and learn to like swimming and 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 learn to how to be a good team player and support each other and encourage each other and you know and even you know offer an arm or a hug or something if somebody didn't didn't do very well. We had a couple swimmers on our team with with special needs and. Uh, it wasn't just our team, but but every other team that we used to play, um, they were also installed with this, you know, encouragement, you know, don't make them feel bad about themselves. Even though they might have come in last, they might have disqualified within two feet of getting into the water, you know, they finished. And that was the big thing. They finished. And that was the goal. And that, that was a beautiful goal to see. And uh, I was very proud to be able to to become a swim official like that, um, and uh, for the summer program, which oddly evolved into two separate officiating paths for me. The one officiating path I'm going to talk about now, and then the second one I'm going to talk about in part two. But the one officiating path, because my daughter had expressed an interest at one point in swimming for the state, um, uh, UMBC, uh, University of Maryland, Baltimore County specifically, um, uh, is a state-run college uh, in the southwest area of Baltimore City, actually Baltimore County. And um, uh, she had expressed an interest. And state officiating is a whole different animal than you know, these summer swim teams. I mean, these people take their jobs seriously. USSA, USSSA swimming is what they're, they're um, um, known by. And even though I had seven or eight years of experience as an official and as a hit lead official, I still had to go through the process for the state. So I was kind of treated like, you know, you're a newbie. Um, this, is, this is what the process is. And it, and it took about a month. Now, actually, about two months of um, meets uh, in order for them to even allow me to um, call a disqualification or or check a record or verify anything. It was uh, it was it was very intense, and um, even the uniforms were different. I mean, it, it was pretty intense. And if any of you out there that are listening that have done something like this. I'd love to hear some of your stories and I will be more than happy to share them with everybody here who listens to my podcast. Um, it was, it was a very humbling, um, intense and rewarding experience. Um, the only, (laughs) the only thing I didn't like was the fact that the pool at, uh, UMBC had a floating bulkhead, which means, (laughs) that the three or four officials who were doing the turns um, basically had to balance themselves on this bulkhead that that floated on the surface of the pool. Um, let's just say I didn't fall in, but I knew a few people who did, whether it was intentional or not. Uh, <laughs> but I, I forgot what swimming it was, I'll be honest with you, and where we were at, but um, at, or not where we were at. We, we were at UMBC, but who we were swimming against. 
but it was uh, two really big teams. <laughs> and there was enough wave generation brought by these swimmers that they approached the term that literally looked like a little mini tidal wave. And literally you saw the officials kind of bouncing themselves like, okay, get ready. Here it comes. Oh, you know, one of those deals. Um, yeah. And a few people fell off and, and whatnot, but um, it was very beneficial. Um, I, I had the, the uh, authority back when I did the summer swim team, I'm jumping back now because something just popped into my mind that kind of reinforces what we teach people uh, in our classes uh, that, that we have at, you know, various venues, trade shows, whatever, um, as far as safety is concerned for the swimmers. And one of the big things is uh, lightning and thunderstorms. And um, the, the, the general rule of thumb, and it might be a little bit different where, where y'all are located, but the general rule of thumb here, here is that if you see lightning, everybody out of the pool and off the deck away from the pool area, and you have to wait a half an hour. Every time you see another lightning flash, it adds on another half hour. So if you had three or four flashes in the distance, basically you had to cancel the meet and, and reschedule it. Um, now, one of the pools that they swam at um, was an indoor pool. And uh, even though it's an indoor pool, the same rules apply. Uh, when we knew there was going to be iffy weather in the area, uh, we would have somebody a standby window or in, in an open doorway and just kind of check on the weather as it was approaching. And usually these storms came from the west, um, from, from where we're located. And if we got a signal that, hey, there's a flash, you know, boom, everybody stop, stop the meet, everybody out of the pool, away from the deck, you know, away from the media pool area. And I had many a parent yell and scream at me. I think they would be called Karens now. Um, saying, you know, it's it's an indoor pool. They're going to be okay. I mean, the storm's outside. Yeah, but electricity gets inside. And especially in a wet area, you can still be electrocuted if you're inside during uh, a thunderstorm or electrical storm. Um, if, if, if the situation, if, if circumstances are such that it can be, it, it can happen. And it's happened. There's too much documentation that it does take an effect. So, you got to be you got to be really careful. You got to think of the safety of your swimmers, of of the staff, of your volunteers, because if you've never seen a, for example, a high school swim meet, in addition to the swimmers, and you might have say, say you have a six lane pool, okay. So what that means is is that you've got six swimmers, and then at each lane you have three adult volunteers with stopwatches or some kind of mechanism to to um, receive a time when that volunteer visually sees a swimmer touch the pad versus an electronic pad. And in some cases, there was also an electronic pad. Um, so you've got six swimmers, three times six is 18 volunteers. So now we have 18, six is 24 people. Then we have all the officials. 
Now, depending upon the size of the pool and who the teams were where you were playing, you could get away with um, four officials. The head official, which I've been referring to off and on during this podcast, was also known as the starter. And the starter um, would be the one that would say, you know, on your mark, and then set, that kind of thing. And then set off the alarm so that the swimmers could take off. So you would have a starter at one end, an official at the other end for turns, and then a star up, another official on either side watching uh, strokes as they go back and forth. So minimum four officials, ideally two, four, six, eight. Um, you could have eight officials, um, plus there's the officials that are supervising the scoring. It, it's it can get a little crowded on a you know four or five foot wide deck, uh, but um, you're still obviously looking out for the safety of everyone involved. Not necessarily just the swimmers, of course, but everyone. But um, yeah, it, it, it was an interesting um, portion of time of my life. Um, I looked really good in black shorts and a white shirt <laughs> back in the day. And my whistle, had to have my whistle, uh, my official lifeguard whistle. Um, but it, it was, it was an, an attractive experience. The next podcast is going to go Ah Memories Part 2. And we're going to talk about um, my officiating days uh, in high school a little bit more in detail than than anything else. So for right now, everybody, um, have a wonderful, wonderful week uh, and upcoming holiday season. Um, as always, if you have any questions or comments or would like to share your own stories that I can share out to everybody who's listening please send that to talkingpools at gmail.com that's talkingpools at gmail.com and I'd love to be able to broadcast that to everyone who listens so until next time everyone take care bye bye just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 